most underground location. Living the American Nightmare, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You are now listening to... Notes from the Underground. Observations over strange times. With your host, the narrator. Not today, hell. All right, well, <laughs> thanks for having me. That's what I want to add to the yeah. talk. Yep. Uh, we're live, so gentlemen, welcome Hello. to episode 25, 25 of the podcast. Yeah. Damn. I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it would make it 25 episodes, so no? welcome. Is this one an ends on? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm going to break everything. Welcome, Todd and Jeremy. To episode 25 of Notes of the Underground. Thank you. Cheers, always. Cheers. I penetrated you. Here's to a good conversation this evening. Yes. Oh, I got to make a face of my man. <laughs> it tastes like caramel. Oh, yeah. So, welcome back, fellas. Well, Jeremy, welcome to your first time. Todd. Mm-hmm. Honorary, sometimes visiting special guest co-host. <laughs> That's a hell of a title. <laughs> Reoccurring bullshit artist. No, man. <laughs> Your episodes are some of my favorite episodes. Uh, I always have a great time. Here, let's readjust this. Yep. I, so, yes, welcome back, Todd. Welcome, Jeremy. <laughs> I am I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's been a long time since I've seen you, Jeremy. I know. Probably what, pre-COVID? Definitely pre-COVID. Pre so okay, so it's been pre-COVID and it's been what, like a month since I've seen you? Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been No, I, I can't think I don't think it was as long ago as your wedding. But my memory works in I remember this and then nothing for nine months and then oh yeah, I did this. Yeah, that's how my memory works yeah. too. It's probably the 12 band practices we had after the wedding. Oh, back when we wanted to turn a fun passion project for a specific event into a money-making scheme that made us hate doing it? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. (laughs) I really wish that we just kept going with that and then didn't worry about either playing out. We just had covered songs. It was my fault that that actually ended because that ended when we moved out here. And I was like, there's no way in hell. Oh, like drive back? Right. I'm I mean, not... it needed to. It was coming to a head quickly. Right. You know, the but... fun got sucked right out of that. Yeah. When it becomes a job, it's it's not fun anymore. It's crazy how fast it flipped from probably the funnest project I've been a part of. Like, that was just pure fun. Yeah, there was no pressure to be band. cool. Yeah. Every song we chose was because we liked it, not because yep. we thought somebody else would like it. Yep. I mean, it was... that We had to get a bunch of people at a bar to dance. Yeah. What songs do they want? Yeah. <laughs> and you just hear Cherry Pie. <laughs> I will say this about that structure model, though, because that's that's the way we structure the cover band that I'm in, but is on I mean, like, you have to. permanent hiatus or whatever. <laughs> Um, the way we do it is we don't, we play stuff that we like and Mm -hmm. we're starting, we were starting to phase in more stuff that we like, 
but for like the first five years it was all top 40 you know jukebox bar hits that people want to hear it's still fun it's a there great was, way to get practice too. <clears throat> yeah but there was so many style. songs we played that i hated oh what was yeah. your what was the number one that you're like can we just skip this just just tonight just not oh, play there it. was a couple yeah there was a couple we jenny jenny by tommy two-tone that was one <laughs> eight six seven five three oh nine yep. that was one where it was like i I fucking hate this song. <laughs> there was I whose bot mitzvah is this? There was one or two like bro country songs that we did. Yeah, I think we did a Florida Georgia line where it was like Oof. personally painful to play the song, but it's but what people want to hear, you know. And that's that's the shitty part about being a cover band is you realistically you don't get to play what you want to play you have to play the shit people want to hear or you're going to be in the bar at one o'clock in the morning blasting metallica (laughs) you know and people are going to be like these guys fucking suck you know what i mean like you could be literally as good as kirk hammett on the guitar and people will be like these guys fucking suck because all they're playing is metal you know what i mean people want to hear fucking britney spears when they're drinking in a bar they don't want to hear metallica you know it would be fun to just show up to like some hard edge country bar and just play mellow yellow over over again the whole night just who does the you take a mortal man. That's um. Is that Megadeth? Yeah, that's Megadeth. Megadeth. Yeah, that's Symphony of Destruction. That's like their worst song, though. How dare you? <laughs> just right off the bat, that song just takes your heels and throws you into the clouds. That song's on Gu- Guitar Hero One. Oh, is it? Yeah. When me and J. Lou were living with J. Lou's girlfriend, I'll never when. Every time I think about Guitar Hero 1, this is what I think of. We were living with J. Lou's girlfriend in her apartment while he was living with her. I was the homeless kid that slept on the couch. (laughs) They had PlayStation or whatever it was on, and they had Guitar Hero 1. And we literally played that game till it wore out. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I remember... There was one night he was being a dick or something and she was pissed and we were playing Guitar Hero and I think it was either Bark Bark at the Moon (laughs) or it was uh, Eric Clapton's Crossroads and she was in her bedroom and we're out there playing and I think it was Crossroads and she comes out of the room and she's like, if I hear this fucking song one more time, I'm going to break that thing. (laughs) Oh, uh, every moment. time I think of Guitar Hero, I think of that moment right there because it was like we just shut it off. We're like, all right, whatever. You know, <laughs> it's amazing how addicting that game was, and how songs that you could actually play on guitar was more difficult in the game. Yeah, yeah. I felt as a guitar player that that game was actually hard, but yeah. I noticed that people that weren't guitar players were like really, really good, good at yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that episode of fucking uh, South Park. You just got a million points on Guitar Hero. <laughs> you are fags. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget. We were at a mutual friend of ours. At the night that episode premiered. Yep. And the whole house was watching. Every it. room of the house had that on. 
So when that scene concluded, the entire house from every corner erupted with laughter. The whole house rang. It was one of the funniest moments of my life. Oh, South Park. Oh, that, that show and the is great. Mickey Mouse episode. Just, <laughs> yeah. The Jonas Brothers episode. <laughs> <laughs> I make money. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you do the best Mickey Mouse impression ever. That so is like spot freaky, on, man. <sighs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do like a drunk, vagrant Mickey for Halloween one year. Yeah. You still just can. crude. I don't know. You'll just be 33 when you do it. Exactly. <laughs> It'd be funny. <laughs> oh, at least I'd be in a mask that hides the shame. Aren't we always in masks? Just all <laughs> oh, right. Oh. Well, so how are you guys feeling about all this war in Europe? <sighs> I don't it... think it's good. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Best thing ever. I mean, it's just kind of getting to, it's just starting. So, you know, good show starts like seventh episode or so. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So I, I don't know all the characters. I know like the names, but I don't know what they believe in. I'm just watching them argue. <laughs> Have you like, seen uh, the music video going around from Ukraine called Bayraktar? No. So the Bayraktar is a Turkish-made drone that they're just using to light up all these convoys and, you know, random pieces of artillery and whatever. They made a whole song and music video about it. It's, it's pretty funny. Google it if, when you get the chance. Can you sing this song? Mm, I don't speak Ukrainian. <laughs> Solid point, bro. <laughs> you I can say Bayraktar. That's why you're part of the problem. <laughs> Dude, uh, yeah, I've always been a part you, of the problem. You don't know how to speak Ukrainian? <laughs> Close-minded. Where are you from, Michigan? <laughs> Where it's completely reasonable to only speak one language? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people from the United States, they don't know how to speak nine languages. The, uh, the different culture closest to us is whiter than us. Yeah. <laughs> Canada? Yeah. Yeah, but are, is their culture different, though, because they're still a Western civilization power? Depending on where you go. Yeah. I, mean, on, I can't say Ontario is too culturally. Dissimilar. Yeah. <laughs> Quebec is... It makes you feel like you're not. You're, it makes you actually feel like you're in a different country. When you go to Windsor, Ontario, Toronto, you're like, it's just cleaner here. And kilometers. And yeah, kilometers. <laughs> when you go to like, the and thirty cigarette count packs. Yeah, I, they got the weirdest cigarettes over there. And their ketchup is like straight vinegar. It's like red vinegar. They got them all dressed chips too. <laughs> Dude, the Canadian side of Niagara Falls is fucking sweet, though. You ever been there? Mm -mm. Yeah. It's fucking sweet. I want to go to Tobermory and do, like, some snorkel or scuba there. They got a couple... I don't know if... I think there's ash shiprock, but I'm more interested in... They got a bunch of, like, underground rock formations that are really cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
Like in a cave or you scuba? Uh, I, I don't think you're in a cave. There's just like arches and weird like turn up rocks and shit like that. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Ukraine, I've been paying attention to uh, YouTube page Funker530. He's been doing like live breakdowns daily of, you know, essentially battlefield, battlefield assessments, you know, uh, I forget who he actually uses, but it, I think it's a, like a government think tank that actually is their job to assess and break down battlefields. Okay. Um, so it's all really credible information. It's ran by a bunch of veterans, like, but I love how plucky the Ukrainians are in the face. And that's yeah, where I was dude. getting with that song is like, it's a, like a, almost a comedy song they made in the face of being in a war zone. Right. It's, the fact that the longest reigning heavyweight world champ, you know, Vladimir Klitschko is just threw on some, you know, fatigues and grabbed a gun and right. he's just in the shit. Like, I mean, arguably one of the most well-known figures in boxing ever. Is that for real, though? Like, that's not propaganda? I mean, who knows? Fog right. of war. That's right. <clears throat> that's the whole tricky thing with all of this, is what's propaganda and what's real. Yep. Like, you hear the... Have you heard any of the death toll counts and shit? It's, I it's hear like astronomical. government was yeah. kind of assessing it around five to 6,000 losses on the russian side yeah to me that sounds crazy like how do they count that who's walking around like well my friend eric made a point oh oh i see you what just you're saying like take who's... the russian side and then the ukrainian side and stick it in the middle kind of my no, friend is it just like a person walking the battlefield like one two three and they, or do they just say well we sent out 60 seven came back yeah that to Washington. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know how well, they Well, I mean, it, we but. have, I'm sure we have complete satellite imagery of everything going on there. Oh, you believe in satellites? Birds <laughs> <laughs> or drones. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that in a, in a negative connotation? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Paint me into a corner. I don't even believe Ukraine's a real place. <laughs> But the only assessment that I feel confident giving about that conflict is that I hope that needless suffering stops as soon as possible, but I'm kind of focused on what I can control in my own life. Right. There's only so much misery and sympathy and empathy that I can feel and disperse until I'm just like, I gotta... I just got to get up early tomorrow. That's what I got to focus my brain on. Right. As opposed to being like, there are so many people that have a, just a shittier hand dealt or they live next to a crazy dictator. It's like, you know what? I want that back. Real rap scale in. Yeah. Just. <laughs> you know what, though? That's kind of a solid way to look at it. Like, yeah. that's a good way to keep yourself on an even keel. You know what I mean? Because there's people out there that'll just lose their bury minds. their yeah. fucking faces in the news. And then all of a sudden. The world's ending, and the the elites are molesting kids all over the world. And it, we were just, never meant to digest yeah. and contemplate the entire world's problems. It, we're also still 
navigating this explosion of information and how what the internet was household by 94 96 ish mid 90s and it just stopped screaming at us yeah and and then no dude i would say even later than that so let's so let's say 98 or 97 98 i'd say 98 we had a computer in my house so nearly 30 years not even we'll round we'll round down to like 25 years of society with sort of global internet yeah but the internet for like the first 15 years was just porn and cat videos basically true but i suppose <laughs> once people especially once social medias were created all of a sudden the guy's grass next door that was too long that pissed you off and you're like oh this guy doesn't take care of his fucking lawn now you're like they do what in these countries <laughs> that's not what i do over here yeah and then people just got really mad. And then the people that were like, I like dressing up like a fox, going out in the woods and shitting. And then I find a bunch of people on the internet that also like to do that. So here's my sphere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying social media ramped up hot, hot wars, but no, I think so much I can media, absorb. I, I think social media has definitely contributed to the lack of the communication breakdown in society you know it became easier to communicate yet no one will listen to each other Mm -hmm. you know what i mean everyone is right you know i'm right you're right you're right the guy next door right the dog is right everyone's right and everyone is wrong at the same time you know what i mean truth has been obliterated right exactly (laughs) so it's like i think it has in that regard it has contributed to the, the breakdown of, of social cohesion. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Yep. And then combine that with the fourth estate using said internet as a reliable and verifiable resource, which sometimes it can be, and a lot of huge stories have been broken that way. Right. But it's caused them to show their ass so many times yeah, dude. that their credibility is gone especially lately they're like blatant about the lies yeah. they're blatant about the lies anymore yep you know the whole joe rogan ivermectin story oh yeah that's that been was, completely vindicated right not even not even that <clears throat> I, ivermectin was you know a, a safer you know fuck ivermectin take that out of the equation just the shit like how they manipulated what he looked like in mm-hmm. the video like they made his skin look all sallowy and shit oh yeah they really? you know yep. what I, yeah I if you see the that, original that. video from joe he looks healthy he looks fine he's got good color in his skin they just if, gave him jaundice right if yeah. you if you watch the the video from cnn where cnn's people edited the video to make him look sunken and y- pale yeah they made his they they like turned the contrast down or something and they made his skin look all gray and pale and like like you know how when you get real sick and sure your skin, i can picture it but they like actually altered the clip yeah they afterwards. altered it mm-hmm. yeah you can clearly see it yeah it's and it's nothing that'll ever hold up in court. It's right. Like, oh, that's what happened when we uploaded it. Just that's glitched. how our screens work. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah, because wouldn't that be like the equivalent of libel, but with video form? Yeah, but I mean, I imagine everything they do is ran pl- past a zillion lawyers. So oh, probably. They can weasel on any little thing. Probably. And one of those lawyers just flips for the other company. That pays mm, but, even more. There has been 
a couple like Jimmy Dore, uh, uh, Russell Brand, a couple of the other people just, I think, yesterday or day before referenced this new uh, information out of a couple studies that vindicates ivermectin. It actually, no, I haven't looked at the studies themselves, just listened to them. Right. But it is an actual, like, it does something. It does something. It's not nothing. Right. You know? And the fact that they vilified a Nobel Prize winning, you know, it's on the WHO's list of essential medicines. Right. I mean, yeah. If you can, if you can, like, turn that into the enemy, like, truth doesn't exist. Truth doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean anything. And the worst part about it is I think there's there's a lot... There's enough people out there that are susceptible to it that it's effective. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And folks like us, I mean, I, I, I've been at, I feel like peak apathy with all of this for two, three years at this point, where it's just like, what the fuck ever? Like, there's absolutely nothing I can do, and it seems like there's nothing that anybody can do at large. Mm-hmm about it there's yep. just too much money being thrown around for anything to change well it's money but it's i i blame people too i really do because people don't educate themselves properly yeah. mm-hmm. you know what i mean again we were talking about this before we started you get people that read websites like evolution is org, yeah and they can't tell that it's not a credible website <laughs> you know typically if it's like a dot org it's some dude that's just making shit. He might not be making shit up. It might be a dude that's like, you know, Johnny's vet advice dot org. And it's a vet that does vet advice on the side. That's probably legit. But if it's, (laughs) if this people are telling you like, you know, the moon is going to fall into the earth tomorrow. Dot org slash backslash HTTPS underscore fake website <laughs> don't believe it <laughs> you know you if it's that? got a super long con- you know complicated ip address it's probably not legit dude you mean it's not made of cheese <laughs> the people at edible moon were lying to me <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe it's not butter yeah, I mean. what? fuck i think the best tool against that and this is kind of what we were talking about before we started rolling <laughs> But, uh, I feel like I should put Fred Durst in there as a quick drop. Just real quick. Roll and roll and roll and roll. Just, just, just come on. Yeah. Uh, but skeptical thinking is a tool that you can learn how to use. It's not just like some people use it synonymously with, with just common sense because common sense pertains to a lived experience and most of the time it's anecdotal and subjective so that can't be a objective objective truth or a justified true belief in something because of um there's no way of controlling that situation to see if it would replicate itself again so when somebody is susceptible to thinking about like essential oils curing cancer or flat earth or anything that can be uh, demonstrably proven to be false whether Mm -hmm. it's a flat earth and stuff like that it, skeptical thinking, like when you, even when we're absorbing stuff with Russia and Ukraine, 
people are still pulling it apart when they see a TikTok video with like I don't you probably know the actual military planes, but they fly over and it's quickly like no this person just edited this. But that skeptical <laughs> thinking was somebody saw this and they're like this doesn't check out and then they investigate it right. and they debunk it. Like the whole ghost of <clears throat> Kiev thing. It's, right. it's I don't know that it's specific a- about. <laughs> They, there was this, oh, this ace pilots downed six Russian fighters within the first two days of combat, which that in itself is far-fetched, but it turned (laughs) out to be footage from a simulator game called Ace Combat. (laughs) (laughs) The world isn't real anymore. You have to understand, though, no... I mean, truth has always been the first casualty of war. I'm that's a quote that's not propaganda me, but, is not only um synonymous with war it's an important part of yeah. war and typically gremlins of the kremlin the side that's losing has the more extravagant propaganda mm-hmm. because they're trying to boost morale you have to and uh zelensky i mean he's done an amazing job of it. I mean, I don't need a ride. I need more ammo. Right. I mean, honestly, he's the uh, exact leader they need to. I mean, I don't really believe that they have much of a shot. But no, I don't think so either. Also, I keep being surprised with how bad Russia looks at war. Hold on, though. I know. Hold it's on. what I'm being presented, but. It's just all. I mean, tractors towing away Russian tanks. The fact that any of this footage exists at all speaks to the fact that they're not. You know, when I think of old evil Russia from you know the '60s to the Mm -hmm. '80s, you think of a crushing might with all this crazy subversion and you think of a James Bond villain you know like it's <laughs> the, a massive propaganda machine you would t- you know, none of these videos would ever make it out you know you're th- i would think they would have sent a bunch of you know commandos in to just take out zelensky before right. the invasion and right. destabilize the whole it just seems like Again, propaganda, bro. Yeah, but I mean, I even from this. the Russian side. Like, I will say this. I am surprised Zelensky's still alive. Like, right, what is that, that guy in made and of out itself. Of? Right. What the fuck is that guy made out of? Like, Teflon? Like, is he... Is He's he a, doing interviews. Right. He's, I mean, just <laughs> out and about. Right. Just so, how, I mean... If it was us, he would have been killed way before any soldiers ever right. had boots on. It the would ground. have been, yeah, it would have been destabilize the region, create a power vacuum, uh, you know, insert a bunch of misinformation through the local newspapers. Yeah, just destabilize the whole region and then come in, create a humanitarian corridor, just like we did, you know, and. Well, our invasions. Ben Shapiro's been making this point, and it's a solid point. Um, you have to keep in mind that the West approaches war differently than the East does. For sure. You know what I mean? How so? The e- well, the West, when the United States or Great Britain or any of the major Western powers, when they're in a conflict... Mm-hmm. 
our technology is so advanced that yes, there's still civilian casualties at times due to bad intelligence or wrong place, wrong time. But our strikes are more of a surgical targeted with good intelligence where they're trying to limit the amount of, of casualties that they actually take out where the East Russia, I, I, I can't speak for China or India, but Russia has more of a bludgeon show of might. Right. I just blow up buildings. Yeah. And- Russia is basically just shock and awe, kill as many people as possible as they have more of a barbaric yeah ward. they have a more barbaric style of fighting than i mean they do. they've there's been countless videos of them coming into the country in ukraine but it's i think it's called the tosa1 or something like that it's like a thermobaric uh missile battery that they have yeah. on a tank and it's just called a uh, high-energy flamethrower, essentially. It lights the oxygen on fire, and that creates such a shockwave that it'll usually just crush yeah. anything around it. It doesn't matter if you're under hard cover or yeah. have armor on. It, the bomb, cover. The it bomb literally, literally uses <sighs> the atmosphere as an explosive. Yeah. And so, of, yeah. Everything in the vicinity is just incinerated. Also, let's caveat that we came up with it. It's not like the evil Russians are the only people using it. They're just willing to use it on civilian populations. Right. They did in Chechnya. They, I mean, they, I mean, honestly, we did too in Vietnam. So, like I said, let's not make this right. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not excusing the West of anything. Wait, wait. Does that mean that America? <laughs> wait. Does it wait? Does that mean But does that mean that we're not number 1? <laughs> Actually, I would argue nowadays besides military spending and mass incarceration, people I don't believe in angels. I don't mean to put down my own country, but I think on a strength level, no, I don't think we are the number 1 country in the world anymore. I think it's a little bit <sighs> I would have to parse it out more complex than that. I think hardware-wise, we for sure far and away are. Actual, the people behind the hardware. It, I And I can only go off what I hear on the internet and what yes, I hear from I, I friends. No, it I seems agree like with what you're soft. Technologically, we're still ahead, but not for very much longer. I mean, because not with, only are the Chinese masters of industrial espionage, yeah, they're also they have no catching up. They're catching up to us quickly. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So we're going to lose I think that we'll edge. Always but, be the source of innovation there, though. They. That's why, like, will we though? I mean, I can't say that for sure, but for the foreseeable future, I mean, but culturally. We've gotten soft. If you look at the way the Chinese are raised versus how Western now, folks are raised, they're raised very regimented. The creativity is crushed out of yeah, them. Yeah, let me say this, too. When I say that we've gotten soft culturally, I'm not saying that the Chinese or Eastern model of 
culture is a better culture. No, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying about you know innovation, I mean? why we will remain... Oh, or well, at least the West will be the source of innovation. Here's, here's why I disagree slightly. There's a solid chance right now with how unstable everything is that the world order could flip. There's a solid chance of that. If yeah. things go wrong and I'd the argue West that it already up, has. I would I would say you're China's right. China's the bigger economic power. I would say you're right, but only to a certain degree. Yeah. We have more allies. Well, the we West have is, the petrodollar too. Right. And, the West is bigger. And military might. We supply the army's hardware for like fifty seven other countries. Right. So, but again, if the world order flips and the East becomes the dominant culture in the world because it's you have to look at this on a world scale now it's no but longer what, all right what is modern chinese culture but a slight mirror of western culture they've only gotten successful on the world stage when they've started to insert more western ideas into on. their economy hold on it's not what i'm talking about the world order flipping i'm not talking just culturally yeah. i'm talking about um governmentally um uh how do i word it um ideologically so less free market capitalism uh less um western democracy more eastern authoritarian you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. I don't That's think the world there's order that could a path flip. where the, net, the world just kind of... I think that happens through violence. Like, if we're literally invaded and defeated. But, I mean, look... I mean, Great Britain was the world power up until fairly recently, and then culture flipped. But it still exists as its own thing with its own government, its own culture, you know... Yeah, that's because the whole of the West actually controls the world. The yeah. whole of the West allows that. Mm -hmm. If the whole of the East, being Russia, India, China, you could throw Iran in there, a couple of the other Middle Eastern countries that would all organize and form what you could consider an Eastern Bloc, you know what I mean? If they were to take over the world financial systems and the world government systems and the way that the West does, you know yeah. what I mean? If basically everything the West controls, the East took over and we were now reduced to the entire West, every Western country becomes reduced to a second rate world power. I th that's what I'm talking about. I I think they've been exposed to Western culture for too long for that to happen. You think so? Yeah, dude. One of the biggest fucking things in Russia right after the Soviet Union collapsed was McDonald's opening the first store. There was fucking lines. It's millions really, of people really tuned culture, into the though, broadcast. But it's West... I mean, on, it arguably, is it is Western culture. McDonald's it's the freedom. It's the hamburger. It's the idea of... Free market capitalism. Yeah. Entering a former communist bloc. Right. Um, I suppose when I think of culture, I don't think of, like, when we think about Greece, we don't think about the awesome salmon burgers they had. We think about poetry and, and the music and either, like, the politics or just the overall 
paradigm of that time. So with Chinese culture being influ- or Eastern culture being influenced by Western or vice versa, if it doesn't change the paradigm of the hoi polloi's thinking in the first place, no matter if we threw in Arby's and a Wendy's and a McDonald's in every block, they're still going to have a certain ideology of how the world works because of the politics to which they're succumbed and have their jobs and money and how they operate. Um, because no, no, it's no different than we have different uh, um, uh, ethnicities that will have restaurants here. It doesn't really change our culture. Now we just have a different variety of cuisine. Um, and I want, what I wanted to say is that so China is considered a communist dictatorship still, or has it changed? Like yeah. how we're not a democracy, we're an oligarchy. Well, they're they're a communist republic, or the people are the. What do they call it? The People's Republic of China? Yeah, yeah. Is what they're in name, but it is communism. The government has... it's Everything's nationalized. Everything is nationalized. I have a utopian hypothetical question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not a communist, but... (laughs) If we could omit the egos of men and women that want to have power and control and, and do bad things, let's say we can put a perfect being... And we did all the right things that we know it's a perfect being. So, like, it's not a committee. Maybe it's an AI. Whatever it is. It's the perfect being. The benevolent dictator. And. Yes. And <laughs> we all work for whatever purpose it decides. And everybody actually is happy and has money and get their teeth fixed. Is that bad? Or no. Or is it only bad because we have incapable, incompetent out-of-touch leaders that usually just want to play you know, chess Communism. with bodies and make as much money as they can. Yeah, it's only bad when you insert humans. Exactly. The And it can probably even be great on a small scale. There's McDonald's in Russia, too, just uh, in for the, our viewers. The, oh, yeah. The well, ideas anymore, of wanting but. to take care of people <laughs> are great. Yeah. But... Egos are involved. Exactly. The human ego, the only way you can enforce it is with killing people. Yeah. You have to kill all the people that don't agree. You know what I mean? That's the only only way you can enforce it. It's only a matter of time before a lunatic ends up the one being... Because you couldn't manipulate everybody's thinking, even if you convinced them that what they thought is their own opinion. Or you just have everybody wearing glasses killed because they even just, you think they're an intellectual. That's Pol Pot's move. Look at, okay, look at all the confusion with COVID, the Mm. different sides. I'm not getting the vaccine. I'm getting the vaccine. Okay. Now imagine, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Now imagine a, a, an authoritarian communist dictator comes in. Everybody that wants to get the vaccine is now sent to a concentration camp. Or vice versa. Everybody that won't get the vaccine is now sent to a... That's the only way you enforce it. That's the only way you enforce it. Or, or you, you threaten their family. Or you threaten their family. Or you get or, them fired from a job and bar them from ever working anywhere ever again. Yeah, yeah. but there's ways around it. People, people unless... You have no resiliency and no desire to at least eat and not be cold. People find a way. Yeah, that's true. You know, people find a way. So there's no real way to enforce an ideal without killing people. 
But, that is that intense. Yeah. And then circling back to, <clears throat> I think the East has been too Westernified, essentially. I mean, the fall of Soviet Russia was less than, I mean, well less than 50 years ago. Like, there's still people alive today that were alive at the beginning of the Soviet Union, saw the Bolshevik Revolution, you know, all that, you know, millions of people dying, starving, famine, you know, right through Chernobyl, and then got their first Big Mac. <laughs> and now they have an iPhone. And now they have the internet and Facebook. And now they can listen to Eminem. And now they, you know, like, right. Western culture has is so pervasive and has given the East arguably so much just... It, it it's provided an explosion in economies. I don't see particularly Russians hearkening for hardcore communism. Let's put the USSR back together. That was a great plan, right? Even even the communist Chinese, like so many of them, have benefited from the injection of Western business money. Right. You know, our movies are now being tailored to their country so that you know we can reap the rewards of mm -hmm. 11 billion people seeing the new marvel <laughs> movie like it's uh, it, people <laughs> 11 billion oh fuck i mean i don't know you can't even conceptualize that there are even like um i mean they do studies in like uh like what would you call them chimp clans yeah and once it gets to like a certain number, I wish I could remember the actual studies and stuff. But once it gets to a certain number, they're just like, nah, fuck those three. Yeah. This <laughs> they, first hundred was a died. tight group, but fuck those three. And then they kill them or they do whatever. Maybe they vote or play Wheel of Fortune or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's only so much. There's only so many people you can care about. And that's why it's so easy to be like, wait, they're not like 11. They're not that's 11. Not. I don't care about them. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, actually, listen to the last episode when it comes out because <laughs> well we talked about it for that. fucking three hours. But I, I feel bad for the Ukrainians because on the one hand, I, I'm not sure if it's going to go past Ukraine. It definitely could push right past to that little weird spot territory man. they have on the water there. I don't know what, but. It's certainly not good. I mean, people are being killed. You know, the whole entire world is suffering via inflation. And now, granted, the the war is not the only source of inflation, despite what the White House and the the mainstream media wants to tell you. No, and then all those know. all those stimulus checks that everybody was so excited about. Oh, man, I got my stimmy. That yeah. drove me nuts, my stimmy. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, you idiot. <laughs> I got my stimmy. I'm so excited. Yeah, guess what's going to happen in about six months from now? Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Why the fuck is gas $5 a gallon? Remember that stimmy that you were all excited about and you blew on shit from Amazon? Yeah. Remember when you bought a couch? Yeah. Remember how five years ago I was like... Hey, everybody, the Federal Reserve is out of control printing money. There's going to be a serious problem. Yep. And everybody's like, you're a fucking idiot. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. It's not important. Hey, why the fuck is gas $5 a gallon? <laughs> I don't know. 
Jesus Christ, Hawaii. people. <laughs> yep. Just blame Hawaii. They're not going to be Americans very long anyways. And, you know, I mean, you can always trust oil and petroleum to seize on any opportunity to make more money. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to take any inflationary price and throw their little. What's funny. I don't think this is something that most people realize, but okay, like a couple of days ago or a week ago when gas hit like 420 a gallon. Yep. Gas is 420 at the gas station by my house, okay? When gas hit 420, you guys realize that you're paying $4.20 for gas that was refined probably like a week ago yeah. or, or, or maybe yeah, it's not a one for one time to right. no. conception. So you're already getting ripped off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's all on a, it's, it's all based That's on them futures. taking advantage yep. of the opportunity. Yeah. Just like general mills marking all of their products up, like, you know, 20 plus percent when it, you know, inflation's at seven or eight, you know, it's like, I read an article today and it just, it made me laugh at just how, petty and pathetic it is dude doritos is gonna start putting less doritos in the bag yep because of inflation of course <laughs> yeah that's why you greedy cocksuckers you're gonna inflate the fucking bag with more air you assholes it was and charge me 60 percent right and charge me twice the money for they it. do that to protect the crisps <laughs> i mean that's doritos Doritos are delicious. I'm not gonna lie. Cool ranch, baby. Like Pringles says, holds my can, bitch. With with all the preservatives <laughs> and Doritos, a thousand years from now, somebody's gonna dig up my corpse, and it's just gonna be the color of a Dorito. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's made of Coca Cola syrup, and, cigarette ash, and Dorito and dust. corn chip. Yeah. <laughs> There's some pretzel salt in there somewhere. <laughs> Ooh, I love pretzels. I love pretzels. It's trail mix in the shape of a man. <laughs> but I, I, I do want to be clear on something too. The intellectual dishonesty of solely blaming Joe Biden is yeah. Come on. Yes. Okay, you have you can't deny the fact that his policies on energy have made it worse. Yeah. But at the same time, gas prices were going up well before well, the crisis. Well before Russia went into yeah. You know, so no, it's not all on the crisis. It's not all on Joe Biden, but no. I mean, blaming a president for any current event, unless it's something deliberately provocated by a person. There's for so example, I'm pretty behind a president. The Russians have a pretty good right to be pissed at Putin right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everything is gone. <laughs> yeah, every the, literally yeah. everything that we like to live for is gone. Now. Thanks, Putin. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's literally, like, Russia is now just winter and, and everything cold. was turned yeah. off and gas. Great waste. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Putin! We told you. You know what? Just boom. Everything just goes dark. Where does my Facebook? Yeah. No more McDonald's. No more McDonald's. Those Americans, very sneaky. <laughs> they take away my McDonald's Big Mac. They're just going to be a bunch of McDonald's over there now. <laughs> <laughs> they shut off Pornhub. Now I have to go to six.org <laughs> to look at six. <laughs> oh, man. Take that, Russia. 
Yeah, I mean, Bauer stopped selling hockey equipment to Belarusia and Russia. Like it's, I think it's ridiculous that like I mean, Russians that live in America that play for the NHL are like getting sidelined and shit. It's like, dude, they okay? Maybe they, (laughs) maybe they like Putin at home. It's just McCarthyism, right? Exactly. (laughs) But that dude is, you know, okay. There, you got a guy on. The Red Wings. Yeah. We'll use the Red Wings. You got a Russian guy on the Red Wings, and they're like, "Fuck you, Russian dude!" And he's like, "Dude, I live in Detroit." Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck you, Dotsuk. <laughs> right. Like, the guy that was <laughs> like, the darling of Detroit for right. fucking what? Fifteen years right. he was here. It's, it's like, dude, I live in Detroit. I mean, maybe my you know my cousin might be invading <laughs> Ukraine right now, but yeah. I'm personally not doing anything. <laughs> you know, like fuck you. <laughs> Oh, although I will say it wouldn't take much for them to turn. You remember how quickly Detroit turned on Fedorov? Yeah. <laughs> Just for leaving. Well, ever, but first everybody was pissed at him because did what well, didn't he cause that one salary cap that one year because he wanted more money? Yeah. And he ended up being like the highest paid hockey player. And then as soon as he gets it, he's like, see you later, see Detroit. <laughs> Unreal. Thanks for the two Stanley Cubs. Three, two, I don't know. I think it was three at that yeah. point. <laughs> I quit watching hockey after that. I, I stopped watching when they stopped making the playoffs. <laughs> I'm like the most fair weather fan ever. Sports is a distraction. Yeah. Whatever. Sports ball. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, if that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge you, but to me, no. it's a distraction. None of us are. I don't think any of our friends are, you know, sports dorks, really. I would rather play the yeah, sport than 100%. watch it. I'd rather watch you know amateurs I mean? play the sport than, like, like, watching the Super Bowl is the craziest experience. And if you're one of those people, no offense, that spent anything more than $55 to go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's a waste of money. It's a waste. It's a it giant. They're just like, why, why don't we throw Steven Tyler and Eminem and the a hologram Super Bowl. of Elvis Presley and Billie Eilish and, and then lip sing all these songs and then we'll we'll push up Muhammad Ali and he'll shadow box for a little bit. Going to the Super Bowl, like actually going to the Super Bowl isn't for the commoners. That's an event solely for the rich elite. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You, you know, the NFL's a non-profit organization. Bob, Bob fucking buttfuck Jones that owns a fucking transmission shop, you know, in some small town. Yeah. He, that guy's not going to the Super Bowl. You <laughs> Unless know he I wins mean? a radio contest <laughs> right. or some shit. Like. And even then, <laughs> he'll be the guy in the super nosebleeds. He'll be he'll sitting be on cars. top of the dome. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just duct taped to the blimp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That guy's not going to the Super Bowl. That event is basically the Oscars of football. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's why I never got that. Kind of says something about our culture, in my opinion. But the whatever. worshiping of well, just look at it's our, you know it's a modern day royalty and celebrityism. The fact that Detroit taxpayers had to pay a dollar. Even one dollar for, for that Caesars new arena. stadium, yeah. let alone what a billion or whatever the fuck. That's how they write it off. Like, <laughs> like, hey, we're gonna increase your taxes. Here's six low-income housing units. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see all you poor folk in our nice shiny stadium. <laughs> yeah, I have a pretzel. It's nine dollars. <laughs> 
It's so asinine. You know, one yeah. of the poorest cities in the country subsidizing, you know, Little Caesars. We're talking right. Little Caesars. And how many of those people in the com- in the community that are taxpayers are actually going to be able to afford Unless a, they a $150 there. ticket to go see the Red Wings on a Wednesday night in fucking November. Yeah. yeah. You unless, know what I mean? Unless you're the popcorn guy, you're not seeing a game. Right. Like. Right. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous. It's a, it's a distraction. It's a fucking distraction. I would rather th- lace on a pair of skates and go get on the ice and go play a game of hockey than go sit yeah. and watch one. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Burn down $22 in roller hockey wheels in an afternoon <laughs> in a church parking lot somewhere. <laughs> That's one thing I miss about being older and having responsibilities, yeah. man. Those random hockey games where we would just set oh, up yeah. in a parking lot and <laughs> just in a frozen swamp on the side of the road. Yeah. Half the time you didn't know if you were going to fall through the ice or not. Oh, shit. That one time, the one I'm thinking of was literally a frozen swamp on the side of the road. And by the time we got done playing, like, I don't know, hour and a half later, two thirds of our shoveled rink area was under an inch of water like if you fell you were just fucked i mean just just a sloppy mess and no i'm dead yep in the house that i grew up in like it was a subdivision but the way it was set up it was set up in like big circles you know what i mean Mm -hmm. well my house was on the inside of the circle and then a buddy of mine lived on the outside of the circle well on the back of everybody's property line on the outside of the circle, there was an old agricultural ditch mm-hmm. that ran through there. And it would get, with water, it would get three or four feet deep. There would be enough, and it was like 20 feet wide. Yeah, you big know. irrigation Yeah, ditch. it was a big yeah. ag ditch. Yeah. And it would, there would be enough for us to go back there and set up and, and play hockey on. And yeah, dude, there was definitely a couple of sketchy times where <laughs> we probably should not edges. have been on that ice. <laughs> You know, growing up in Michigan, what oh, a great yeah. winter time in Michigan when you're a kid is fun, but when you're an adult, I hate it. It takes work to enjoy it, and lots of money, and lots of money, dude. When Jesus. I was a kid, I loved going outside in the winter time. I loved everything about winter. So you didn't have to try to manage it, right? You and just now enjoyed it. Once I hit 16 and started driving, it was like I don't like winter anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just sideways looking. <laughs> I love winter. <laughs> yeah, driving anywhere, it's like okay, now I'm gonna have an anxiety attack for yeah. 12 minutes while yeah. I'm the right aid. Dude, I drive an hour every day to work on I good roads. You, do you remember that? <laughs> The time you came uh, core hole drilling with me. And oh, we when we got stuck off, in that blizzard? Of Crooks oh, Run. Jesus. Oh, man. We were having to reach out the window and scrape the window, like, as we're driving, we were in traffic. We were, what's the road that runs through downtown? Was it, is that 24? What? That runs Auburn through Rod, Rodchester oh, no, and Auburn We were Hills? on Rodchester Road. Was it was Rodchester point. Road. Okay. Because we were on Crooks, got onto 59 parking lot. So we just got right back off at Rochester and tried to head east. It's a fucking legit blizzard. Or south. Whiteout. Dude, like, 
don't be on the roads blizzard right (laughs) and it we would what did we do like 12 hours at that shop that day core hole drilling yeah so we're it's like eight o'clock at night we're fucking exhausted because we're literally jackhammering cement out of the fucking ground all day long fuck that (laughs) todd's running the hammer i'm fucking reaching my hands in these holes and digging all this cement so my hands just look like ground fucking beef and you can probably (laughs) can't even squeeze them at that point because you're just scab we're driving (laughs) home we get out of work at like seven o'clock we're driving home in this fucking blizzard rochester is packed with cars you know meanwhile we're in like like three and a half hours to get home yeah it was ridiculous with me like driving the most irresponsibly you could imagine (laughs) i had like a little hot rod truck back in the day and we were just whipping Yui's in downtown Rochester to cut through a side street to only find the next street was a parking lot. <laughs> yeah, dude, so it was just ridiculous. Fuck it, it was it was Grand Theft Auto. It <laughs> was just yeah. whatever I felt like there was. I love my law. Unless there was a cop right there, he wasn't catching me anyway. So the laws didn't exist at that point. Yeah, dude, that was a wicked, and that, that, and I ended up leaving my debit card at home or at the Burger King that yeah. morning, right where we by where we work. So I couldn't even like get a pack of cigarettes or nothing. Like it was, dude, it sucked. Oh man, three and a half hours on the road in a blizzard in a drive that realistically should have taken like forty five minutes. At the time, the way I drove, probably closer to twenty eight. <laughs> but yeah. Fucking Michigan, man. I cannot wait to turn 60 and retire and snowbird it. (laughs) Like, once Christmas is over, hey, Florida, I'm headed your way. (laughs) And then once hurricane season starts in what, like April? Yeah. Hey, Michigan, I'm headed home, you know? Going back to the land of water with no sharks or salt in it. (laughs) That you can see. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Although, I read a story about a bull shark in Lake Michigan somewhat recently. Really? Yeah. Hit me. I mean... Actually, hold that's, on. That's honestly, the that's the story. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, we can... Let's take a break yeah. real quick. We'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. So... Yes. I forget what we were talking about. So I think this is a good time to segue into the other thing we were talking about before we started... Simulation theory. Yeah. Now, shout out to my wife, the lovely Miss Natasha. We were talking about this type of stuff a couple of weeks ago, and she made a point that, like, blew my mind. She goes, you know, religion suggests that it's a simulation, you know, because of... I mean, that's a good point. Right. And it just, when she said it, it was like, holy shit, honey, that was brilliant, you know? I mean, a simulation is a decent word for something you create out of virtually thin air in your image. Right. Right. I mean... Which which religion would it be, though? All of them. Well, Well, what other ones dictate... Well... They're not all compatible with each other. That's why I asked. Because if it's understanding religion, which, that would help you understand that it, it is all a simulation or implying that everybody's inference of 
their time reading whatever script it is that interpretation is correct so if understanding religion suggests that it's a simulation theory my next question would be like which one though because they all have different interpretations of why we're here how things came to be when we were talking about it we were talking specifically about Christianity Mm -hmm. and I think it would actually be better to say that maybe not so much the entirety of the Bible, but the creation story would suggest that it's a simulation. Because there's light before the sun. Like in, in Genesis, the order, like it breathed light into the world, and then on the fourth or fifth day, created the sun. Yeah. So it's right. like the interpretations of it. Well, just that, but the created in his own image, and the, you know what I mean? Like Todd said. <sighs> If you're going to create a simulation, you know... That's the idea of, like, right. panspermia. I view that as a simulation, too. It's a biological simulation, but it's still you. Well, is it fair to call that a simulation, though? Because calling it a simulation implies that it's controlled by something else. I mean, something controlled else in the sense the that scenario. you put something on a place where it wouldn't have existed with the sole purpose of seeing what happens. Even if it's accidental? I mean, is panspermia... I mean, yeah, I guess it can be accidental, like if a fucking asteroid smashes into Earth and now there's a squid on a galaxy six, you know, billion light years away. Right. Yeah, that's technically panspermia. Right, no, that is technically panspermia. But, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the Star Trek Kind of, where they're like, we can't save our planet nor occupy yeah. another, so we're just gonna blast our DNA to the ether and just hopefully somewhere it sticks. That's a, that's how Star Trek uh, um, justifies why majority of the aliens are humanoid mm-hmm. and just have weird foreheads or noses. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think? You think it's a simulation or no? I put the most credence in like if. It's not just random evolution. I like the idea of panspermia. Where something out there, you know, some sort of higher being just kind of shot itself out there and see what, you know, basically interstellar. I've never seen it. Where they sent out a bunch of spaceships to all these different planets to see if any of them were viable, basically. And then... You know, they're going to visit them. So, when you say panspermia, then do you mean like another civilization seeded Earth? I think it's possible. I mean, that's a theory for why there's even water here is that an asteroid hit and contained enough frozen water that it just melted and now we have water. Fair enough. Um, I mean,. I don't know that it's the one I necessarily... It's the one I like to believe in the most. It's the most fun for me. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to believe in any of that Mm over-random evolution, it would... That's the one I choose to believe. I mean, none of them are really, like... Evolution by natural selection, you mean? Yeah. Because it's... I mean, it's not... Evolution isn't random. Yeah. It's a relatively controlled situation in the sense where... Well, I mean, if we're talking on a 
like a astronomical level. I mean, like just random gases and things slamming around. We are stardust. Yeah, well, I so mean, it's a bag of dog shit. So <laughs> it's all stardust. But yeah, from that respect, I mean, it was random up until fairly recently for us. I think it's the new fad to try to because saying like if let's like say you write, read the Bible, which I. I'd, I would debate somebody, one doesn't read the Bible, they study it, and more often than not, just skip over things they don't want to read and read easy stuff that makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. But as we evolve as a species, whether we have some cultural paradigm shift like the internet or VR, we post hoc rationalize what the what these texts, regardless of what it is, regardless if it's Christianity, yeah. all 1,300 sects of it, um, Judaism, uh, Hindu, Islam, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And then you take a post hoc rationalization and say this um, parable or platitude in the Bible actually is it's a euphemism for code or how people of the Islamic relig- uh, of the Islamic faith, they say that their book proved um, germ theory because of a vague text saying a sickness the eye can't see or however it's worded there's when we have information that the authors of the books didn't have we can't post hoc rationalize that they had that information so they hid it in flowery language to vaguely imply what's going to happen in hundreds and hundreds of years put words in the mouths of people that existed two thousand years ago yeah because you can read a lot of the popular books of the bible and every time they say god just say code or the simulator or the algorithm and your brain will anthropomorphize the same way it does with uh, astro- uh, astrology mm-hmm. you know i see a ram and this ram whatever um but now there's new definition there's new there's new ideas there's new imagination to define still the unknown and what they probably meant in the bible or the torah or whatever it is and i feel like humans are very uncomfortable saying I don't know and that's okay and it doesn't scare me so we try to define and encapsulate the unknown to make us feel better that everything makes sense um, or even worse weaponize which can the happen. text you know which has happened a lot um, but I don't dis- I don't I don't what's what I'm looking for I understand the need to have something beyond our control that is looking out for our best interests. It's a very convenient and understandably soul-warming safety net. Um, I don't think it's a simulation any more than I think it was created in seven literal days, seven metaphorical days. Epochs. Or, yeah. yeah um, or that it's transpanspermia. I think it's more likely that it could be a product of you know intergalactic seeding mm-hmm. and evolution by natural selection, but then as the god of the gaps um, argument is, well, what started that? Like what was before the Big Bang, or something like that? I think humans always want to define, as opposed to say we don't know and we might never know, or it could take us hundreds of years to figure it out because the question is so primitive, and the answer we're trying to find to fit that question. Is, doesn't seem fulfilling, which is why there's a, a, 80 billion different thoughts on why we're here and what's our purpose and 
and all that stuff. I feel like humans don't know what it is, and we might never know, or we might invent it as technology gets crazy, or we get stronger microscopes and see further down into the nothingness. Like whatever it is, we're always going to find some way to be like, ah, well, this atom is actually what they meant as God in the books. Yes, because the atoms create everything. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to do it. And then people that even find themselves becoming more secular that that still thought of like um, creation stories. And now it's a simulation theory or now we were like put here by aliens and they wanted us aliens. to harvest gold. The god of our age. Um, <laughs> but I think it's much more beautiful to think that this isn't a product of intelligence and the odds of us existing in the first place, regardless of how it happened, is already incredible enough for me to be grateful that I can experience all the good the world has to offer, and unfortunately the bad, because the entire existence is what allows anything to happen. Um, like there's memes online, it's like, you know, the world or the universe has been around for 14 billion years, and you exist in all these Star Wars remakes or whatever it yeah. is. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty cool. They didn't have that back in the 17th century. Yeah, I could just see lightsabers and Captain Marvel <laughs> and Foo Fighters. My toothache didn't kill me. Yeah, <laughs> my mom had 19 kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It's still fun as an exercise yeah. of mental That's, masturbation. Uh, where, that was my next sure. point is like <laughs> even beyond all like the it's beyond our control and I don't like to say I don't it's so fun to just wildly speculate. Yeah, dude, you know, it's like, it's all mental masturbation, but mm -hmm. whatever. If, as know. long as you have the discipline to not believe in it. Well, not necessarily believe in it, but take actions based off of True. your yeah, imagination. You yeah. Like I have to skip every third line or third block in a sidewalk everybody i know is gonna die <laughs> or an entire sex of people can't do a certain thing because and of, of course yeah, you're Once not you're allowed to do doggy style because we say so yeah <laughs> yeah no more shellfish it's not i'm not allowed to do that it's your belief says you can't do that yeah. and you <laughs> don't like, want me to do it either yeah and then you have like you know casual christians that they'll they believe in jesus they believe in god and they're genuinely good people but they don't realize that their book says don't eat shellfish or die yeah or don't make like there's, don't mix there's, there's, there's so many rules and a lot of them are basically just property management um but yeah as long <laughs> yeah. as you know like i believe that if I eat every piece of gum I see on a side rail, I'm going to have superpowers. <laughs> I or, mean, I guess, go for or, it. Or but. less crazy with Scientology, that if I elevate my energy, then the aliens that are going to come back will see me and give me my own fucking space Corvette and my own planet. Yeah, Dude, space Corvette like... sounds sweet, though. Yeah. I'd be a Scientologist if I can get a space Corvette. Dude, who wouldn't want a space Corvette? <laughs> the Chinese. <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think of other... <laughs> At the rate we're going, they're probably building the first yeah. space Corvette, man. <laughs> Won't be a Corvette, though. It'll be something that looks exactly like a Corvette, and it'll be called the XYM, <laughs> you know, 13YZ or whatever. You know, like, their they're rip-offs of our cars are hilariously bad. Yeah, they'll just use a K and one less T. <laughs> I'll just use Corvette spelled this way. <laughs> be really funny if it was like you know how 
Americans that don't speak Mandarin, sometimes they get Chinese symbols on their arm tattooed, (laughs) and it ends up being like the Chinese symbol for like bread. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) They're just like, we're going to fool all these dumb Americans and put the symbol for like bread on our car. It's just like a Japanese guy (laughs) with a shirt in English that's just like shit you know cheese or something yeah, it's just shit like, cheese it's just like, <laughs> call me daddy yeah. like pink. <laughs> I thought this was like cool there's that one lady in church wherein that just an entire an ensemble made of tiny penises oh is it the mushroom jacket <laughs> but it looks like a bunch of dicks yeah it's yeah. the mosaic of dicks <laughs> come for Jesus <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh. But no, I don't think it's a simulation theory. No, you don't think it's a simulation. <laughs> I think it would be fun, but then that's where I am. I, it's fun. See, I don't. I'm not saying that I believe it's yeah. a simulation. I'm just starting to entertain the idea more and more. I mean, if it is, whoever. I am playing as this character. Better find some fucking cheat codes. Yeah, dude, you like suck. just somehow give me an idea to make ten thousand dollars. Just that. I just want to put a down payment on a house. That's all I want. I don't want fame and fortune and riches and Bugattis that can fly to Neptune. Oh, well, that'd be kind of cool. Actually, I take everything back. I a Bugatti. A, we got space hit. Corvettes and Bugattis that fly to Neptune. Yeah, yeah. dude. Just I feel like Neptune, there's though. some song lyrics in there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be a psychedelic one (laughs) or Bob Dylan already wrote it (laughs) one month after listening to Bob Dylan (laughs) I just got in my space Corvette (laughs) (laughs) what an idiot whoa 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 we don't blaspheme oh, the so name of, of Bob Dylan in this house. Oh God! If I met he, Bob Dylan, uh, I would, I would punch him. You know what's funny is like <laughs> insane. That Bob Dylan impression, everybody does it. Yeah. Did you see the Joe Rogan episode with Jewel? Uh huh. Like the singer songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, when she started out, like when she first got big, she went on tour with Bob Dylan. Right. And you'll have to watch the or listen to the episode because I'm not going to quote it correctly. But she tells this story about how she did something on stage and Bob Dylan was really impressed. So like when she came off set, he pulled her aside and was like, yeah, that's really cool, man. You know, like, <laughs> and she did the Bob Dylan. Do it, I mean. like, everybody does it, man. <laughs> that's really cool what you did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember I saw him in high school, and it just... You saw Bob Dylan at high school? In high school. Like, like I went to see him in concert when I was in high school. Oh, that um, makes more sense. <laughs> you saw Bob Dylan when he was in high school? Yeah. Yeah, I got some secrets. I'm allowed to drive. <laughs> How was Bob Dylan in high school? It just sounded like French. <laughs> The whole concert was in a different language other than everybody must get down. Like, that's the only words I understood the whole show. Well, yeah, dude, because that guy was high for like 60 years straight, man. Yep. Like, and just smelling coal or whatever railroad like, trains. He's up there with Keith Richards where 
if a nuclear bomb were to ever go off in their vicinity, the only things that would survive would be a cockroach, Keith Richards, and Bob Dylan. Yeah. Okay. No, no. <laughs> Especially now that Keith Richards has absorbed all of Betty White's powers. Well, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> of just like lovable old celebrity. He just absorbed her. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's his, maybe that's what keeps him alive. He just yeah. absorbs other people. Yeah. That's why he can't be convicted. Oh, fuck me. There can only be one. <laughs> well, Johnny Depp's like turning into Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just... What's that line from Almost Famous? Uh, uh, the Doors about being drunk all the time oh. and be, whatever. What is it? The uh, guess who they're, is they drunk the, all the time. Jim Morrison is a drunken buffoon, <laughs> but give me the guess who. Oh, Jim Morrison is a drunken buffoon who poses as a poet. Yeah. But give me the guess who. They have they're, the courage to be drunken buffoons and it makes, makes them, them poetic. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I don't like the doors. I don't think I ever have, honestly. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I'm just like, riders on the storm. I'm bored. <laughs> or like, the snake is long. It got harder and harder to take Jim Morrison seriously for me as I aged and just. Like it's like them, the mystical bullshit war yeah, thing. Right. If you saw him playing at like L Club, you'd be like, "This is a bad band." And once, well, once, I have to make the argument there. I, I would have to look past. I would be like, "That frontman sucks," but Ray Manzarek is a goddamn legend, and Robbie Krieger, or whatever his name is. Actually, is, I don't think Robbie Krieger was that good of a guitar no. I player. think he was. He was creative. But there I don't you go. Think he I was think he was a good player. songwriter. Right. He, oh, there you go. Yeah. That's fair. He was a good songwriter. He I, was, I agree with that. Yeah. No. He was. He's ranked exactly where he should be as right. far as like talented guitarists and stuff. Right. But Ray Manzarek was a goddamn. I mean. No, I wizard. agree. When it comes to the Doors, when it, the when you when you made the comment about like the mystical bullshit. Yeah. That stuff is cool when you're like 19 yeah but by the time you hit like 25 you're like jim morrison was just a drunken buffoon yeah. Yeah. Oh, people you know? are strange he's talking about me i mean like, yeah. don't give me i think I'm he was a good one. songwriter i think yeah. he was a good lyricist i, I think he could be or he, he had, yeah he had good songs he wrote good songs but again he was like fucking schizophrenic and on drugs so and also took himself super seriously. Yeah, he was very serious about Jim Morris. We were just talking about <laughs> McConaughey on the way over here and the reasons we don't like... It was like... He absolutely believes all the bullshit that falls out of his face, and that's what totally turns me off. Yeah. If you're a goofball, like, Lincoln commercial, and that, that's just, like, a front that... Yeah, the all right, all right, all right He, he just... <laughs> I was driving a Lincoln before I got paid. <laughs> Meat, it's what's for dinner. You, you know, absolutely like, come in your mouth. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> and the like only it. way that he finishes masturbation. <laughs> he just... Right in the mouth. Just the word salad, you know, deepity fucking... Just, what do we call him? Woo peddling. He's almost. a walking platitude. Yeah. Everything is like, 
it's it's it sounds profound and it just isn't. When you say, when I look back on when I became an artist, you know, and take yourself seriously, when I think about my art, I wrote, I wrote this book about myself <laughs> to everybody how hard it was to think about things that made me sad to cry on camera. Yeah. And since I can go to such emotional depths, I'm better than most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All while leaning out of a window in like a $19,000 suit. <laughs> yeah. While somebody who's like, is this a good angle? Do you want me to start tie- tight and then go wide on your Instagram, Mr. McConaughey? Dude, that'd be sweet to have a $19,000 suit. Right? Even an $18,000 suit. Shit. Dude, I- if I, if I, I mean... I would never wear a suit to work because, especially not a $19,000 suit. <laughs> Just top hat and a cane walking but, in there like fucking the Monopoly man. But if I had the opportunity <laughs> to wear a suit daily, I would. Yeah. Too. Dude, be, wearing a suit is, that's mm-hmm. what's up, dude. People hold a door for you. If you're wearing a suit, man. And I don't like, say yeah. thank you. <laughs> I want a suit on. Well, if I don't have a tie on, I might say thanks. You know, because I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, well, it's you guys can look good in suits. I just look like a troll wearing a suit. <laughs> you look like somebody said, hey, put this suit on, and you didn't want to. Exactly. <laughs> have you ever had a suit specifically yes. tailored for you? Yeah, I even have, like, the plum jacket. Like, it, it's, that looks good on you. It, I, but it's still, like... Man, there's nothing like a tailored suit. Yeah, you have to be the slim, you know, kind of build to pull it off. Like, that's all there is to it. It'll never look as good on a, you know, square person. (laughs) Yeah, my next goal is to get a custom tailored suit. I think that would just make me feel like I've accomplished something in my life. Mm -hmm. I don't have any measurable progress, but buying something. I got a tailored suit. (laughs) Dude, I'm telling you what. I bought a lightsaber. You get a tailored (laughs) suit, you put that bad boy on, you may have six bucks in your bank account, but you feel like you got a Mm -hmm. million. Or you can go talk somebody out of their last six bucks. Right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, you're still driving a Maserati? (laughs) I got my fucking space Corvette. Where's yours? (laughs) Oh, is that you're going to Manhattan? I'm going to Neptune. <laughs> See ya. In my Neptune Bugatti. <laughs> and it's a convertible. My Nugatti. It's a convertible. <laughs> so what else is new, you guys? New. New. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to... Give me a rabbit hole to dive down. I, but I was telling him on the way over here, I got into a rabbit hole of watching professional divers watch other terrifying dives and break them down lunatics dude i was just watching one this morning of a guy diving as in like underwater okay at first i thought you meant like people jumping off of things no these are (laughs) like professional rescue commercial cave diver stuff like that I was watching one this morning where I the backstory is there was like a tugboat or something like that that was supplying an oil rig. The thing just went down fast. Like they described it like it got hit by a missile. It went down so fast. Normally a boat takes 20, 30 minutes right. to go under. Well, the one guy that survived was like, you know, using the head, you know, sitting down. He started feeling the boat come down, pull his pants up, like gets out of the bathroom 
but the thing submerges almost instantly. He made, you know, he made his way to the galley. He was the cook, so I mean, just made his way to the one place he knew the best, and the Tor- boat sank to a hundred meters underneath the water with I mean, him in it. With him in it. Luckily, there was an air pocket, so you know, everybody assumes everybody's dead. They send out these guys for a body recovery mission. They're, you know, extricating the bodies from the wreck, you know, figuring out how they're going to raise this thing, get it off the ocean floor or whatever. You know, they're pulling on bodies to get them out, and then one fights them. Could you imagine? Could you fucking <laughs> dude, imagine, I'd shit dude? myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this. They, sh- they shot him. They <laughs> he survives a boat going 100 yeah. meters underwater Dude, and he gets shot. He'd been sitting there in the pitch black, breathing okay. his own CO2 for 60 hours. Oh my God. Just. That, thinking you're just waiting to die at that point you're delirious you're waterlogged you're fucking i mean you're oh out of your God. mind not a single light <laughs> you can't hear anything nothing so it's just <sighs> yeah well that and probably like the metal of the boat oh, yeah, just creaking oh, fuck, yeah fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's yeah why dude. That'd be a lie. horror movie come to life. Yeah. How they haven't made a movie about that yet, I don't right. know. But like that, it was in like 2013, dude, I I'd be say. so pissed if I sat down to take a dump and all of a sudden, like, the world just sunk on me. Yeah. I'm like, what? The coolest part was it was, you know, done by a commercial dive team. So they had full comms. Everything was on video. They had all this equipment, you know, they were going to be down there for a long time. So they had a dive bell, you know, probably halfway in between so that they could decompress on their way up or, you know, go in there, warm up, eat some food, put your gear back on and only have to go 50 meters back to the wreck or something like that. So they were able to get him equipment. They had an umbilical with, you know, essentially unlimited oxygen. As soon as they found him, they got that umbilical in there and just started filling the room with pure oxygen, you know, and he just started getting his, you know, he got his composure back, you know, almost instantly as soon as his brain wasn't foggy. And I give that guy all the credit in the world, calm as a cucumber the whole time. Like, he never looked like he was panicked. I mean, he looked stunned and shocked when the divers first found him. Right. But. Well, yeah. How the fuck are you going to react to that? He was just like, oh, shit, man. All right. I guess let's go. Like, <laughs> it was fucking just. They'll find me. Not not <laughs> crying. Not like, oh, my God, I can't believe. Like, it just. They'll find, they'll find me. He's just like, hey, guys, what's up? D- dude, he was literally just like standing there half out of the water drinking a bottle of water when they found. <laughs> like, it was. You guys want some water? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Corona? anybody need a beer i'm going for a beer oh shit (laughs) how the hell did you get into that the same way i get into anything i'm into just completely at random yeah yeah just algorithms promoting you know it's hilarious because the first 30 comments will all be are you guys all here because of YouTube too? Like I had no interest in worm farming ever, but no, I've been here for 15 hours. 
No, I've bought a worm farm. Yeah, no, it's, it's worm like this. That happens to me with those reels on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Like, you get sucked into one of them, and Dude. you just video, video, video. And before you know it, like, 15 minutes has gone by, and you're watching some, you know, you, you're watching one video where it's like, scariest shit that's ever been caught on camera and you you literally shit your pants because it's so scary then you flip the video and it's some hot girl shaking her ass then the next video is a guy getting like wrapped up by an anaconda you know what i mean like and it's just like i like that you, you can't stop i have to be careful with those i was scrolling through those for so long the other day that i my eyes wouldn't focus like just from wow, like dude, the, that's bad like I felt like I needed, I felt for the first time what it's like for people that need glasses. Like they just, they just wouldn't focus on right. shit. It was the weirdest fucking <laughs> sensation. Just filling your brain with little snippets of people's doctored blips of their existence. Yeah, the highlight reel of their life. And I, I want to find out, maybe we should get the owner of Instagram on. So Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, let's get Mr. Zuckerberg. Mr. Meta. Let's get let's get Mr. Berg to. Uh, so if I click the three dots on Instagram and say not interested, and I'm clicking on it all the time, so you have to hit the post, hit the thing, hit not interested, select a reason why. But every time before all of that, I have to click on this this whatever it happens to be. So is, is Instagram being like, wow, he clicked on seven of these posts of guys just dunking a basketball. And he's like, I don't really want to watch that, but we're just going to keep showing it to him anyway. This guy, we're going to make this guy love like basketball. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like the door close uh, button on modern elevators. It's just like a yeah, it doesn't do signing anything for a credit card purchase. <laughs> now they can't steal anything. Because I scribbled on this piece of paper that can be killed by four minutes of sunlight. <laughs> Being in a pocket for too long. Yeah. <laughs> Holding it in a humid day. Rolling one too many joints with it. You know, like... <laughs> Dropping it, and it flies 300 miles away. Mm -hmm. There's, like, the, what is it, Walgreens or Rite Aid that has, like, the mile-long fucking receipts oh, just people Walmart. using it to make fucking vertical blinds with like, <sighs> yeah that's a waste of paper. Is it paper speaking of waste of paper dude it will never not make me mad every single time i open my mailbox and somebody has paid money to mail me garbage <laughs> Yeah, we get a lot of that, I like never, credit dude, card offers and shit like that. Who is spending money to send people garbage? Who thinks this shit still works outside of, like, the 68 to 88-year-old population? Right, right. And even then, most of the time, they're too old to be in control of their own finances, <laughs> so it's... Dude, my landlord was like that. When he was making me call to schedule contractors and hire them to do work on his house and then we would pay him and then he would just reimburse us so when i was doing all of his work uh <laughs> he's like i need you to find a plumber i'm like all right i can go online and look he's like no no, no 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 wait for the paper to get there on sunday and find somebody in there and text me all 19 of the handyman numbers are you so crazy I, so i did that and i was like any one of these will cover the things that you need to get fixed and he's like i don't like those ones okay <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, you do your job. 
And stop telling me that you have a boat and casually using the N-word around me. You're a white guy. You don't mind this word, do you? No, not at all. Let him have it. There's none around. Dude. He's a dude that told a story about going to Mexico. And he was like, yeah, then this Mexican guy came up to me. And he was with two Mexican guys. And I was like, hey, Mark, everybody but you is Mexican in Mexico. <laughs> There's a restaurant, and it's served by a bunch of Mexicans. I got pulled over by a Mexican cop. You can believe it. <laughs> it's so funny. Being from where we're all from, like, you know when that subtle racism is coming. Oh, you yeah. get that slight look over each shoulder, and then you know yep. something's about to... It's... And then he did this, you know, because he's <laughs> not like us. <laughs> Dude! <sighs> I, the, I like, the casual I, comfortability with, with old white people and old, racism. Yeah, it's. I it's like when stunning. they're surprised that like they're they're like so subtly sweetly racist that they're surprised when somebody who's not white is nice to them or does something. Yeah, I had a friend whose grandmother was, and, and I mean sweetly racist because all racism is bad. Disclaimer: No racism is good. Uh, <laughs> That being said, this racism's really fun. <laughs> and uh, she was like, yeah. And then this color guy held the door for me. Like, yeah. I was really out of character. No, yeah. like, what the fuck, Grandma? Come on. Oh, we used to watch well, people doing stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they're over the age of, like, 70, then... They're used to just much more racial divide. Right. And I'm not excusing that, but I mean, in like 20 years, they'll all be dead anyway. Right. So I'm just, not. I'm not dumbfounded or uh, uh, um, uh, unaware of how they got into that thought process, but just knowing that, like, my grandmother went from candlelight and the end of the depression to Google glasses. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, oh yeah, we didn't know what electricity was, and then I could tweet a picture of my low saggy granny boobs and everybody on the planet instantly can see them yep and it's like but i don't excuse it so much because i'm like you figured out how to email and text and do all these other things but you still haven't figured out that somebody's skin dead black people aren't scary right. like like what <laughs> you figured out a lot more complex things in your day right like it's funny seeing generational propaganda because even uh, like generations are, or like generational gaps are so much shorter now because of technology. Oh yeah. I mean, like before, it was like, oh, my grandpa or my grandma, they would be like, yeah, we used to have them milk delivered, and we're like, what? But now it's like the idea of oh, everybody in middle school just has an iPad. You're like, what? That's crazy. It's like you <laughs> I didn't know, have no fucking iPad when I was in middle school, right? Yeah. Our pencil sharpener was always broken. <laughs> yeah. You could kill somebody with our pencil sharpener if you took it apart. Yeah, we, we had we had a class to teach us how to type. <laughs> yeah. We had Mavis Beacon. Mavis, Mavis Beacon. Beacon. Holy oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Holy shit. There's a name I haven't heard of. Oh, Mavis Beacon's a bitch. We had a funny moment the other day. I don't know if you'll remember this or not, but what? Do, 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 oh, do, do, uh, <laughs> private eye? No. Eyewitness. I, eyewitness. So you remember fifth, sixth grade, like all those scientific videos we'd be shown in class and whatever? Oh, yeah. So I've had that song 
like the intro song it just stuck in my head on and off for decades we're working together you know me and jeremy have spent a lot of time around each other the last chuck it up to eight years or so yeah i've never he has a different song stuck in his head every 26 minutes <laughs> never heard him fucking with this one in his head and it's one that i get stuck in my head all the time i hear i'm like what the fuck is that what is that how do i know that song too and i don't know what it is i don't know i have no idea how your brain was like hold on eyewitness yeah <laughs> just that's it that's that's such a good example of how Dusty my brain works and how useless it is. Like, there's no organization or forethought or reason or rhyme as to what my brain holds on to. It's just... <laughs> you just said live on air that my brain is useless. It is. <laughs> I mean, occasionally it's useful, but... The shit it holds on to is so often completely fucking useless. <laughs> the implications of having a useless brain are hilarious to me. <laughs> Wait, what do a bunch of Cajuns in between the partition of two buildings have anything to do with this? <laughs> you just said that Cajun Alley. <laughs> Cajun Alley. Oh. I am lost. It was a real big reach for a shitty pun. <laughs> he, said he said occasionally, so I turned it into a Cajun Alley. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're doing in these uh, buildings here. <laughs> oh, where was I with that? Before my derail? Yeah. About how your brain sucks. Oh, yeah. But yeah, all Continue. the time. Oh, fuck, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my brain sucks. I can't remember anything. I'm trying to remember what I was saying about what my brain sucks. I <laughs> mm -hmm. can't remember what I was saying. Yeah. But yeah, your brain Didn't we go over this last time I was here, too? No, I don't think so. My impulsivity and <laughs> just... Maybe. I've got so many of these conversations rolling around in my brain that it's I can't imagine. to keep track of them all, man. So, you started with a goal with all of this. Has it really evolved? Like, what, what has your view of this changed? Like, what... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Um, it's, I like it. It's still fun. Yeah. But scheduling it is the biggest headache For and sure. not even so much. Well, scheduling, scheduling is a headache, mm -hmm. like trying to figure out who can, who's available when, and when can I do it? You know, cause I have other responsibilities, but because, you know, I'm not Joe Rogan and I'm not talking to 11 billion people right? Yeah. who are experts in their field. I'm talking to my friends. Mm -hmm. For one, I can only expect my friends to contribute so much. Yeah. For one. For two, you have to balance like, OK, you know, Todd was just on this week. Well, now I probably shouldn't have Todd on for like a month. Yeah. You know, you know, so it's balancing that. And again, you're you're fighting with people about not even fighting, but just, hey, man, can you do this day? I'll let you know. And then they never let you know. You know, it, it's 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 everything like that is a giant headache. Yep. And then trying to balance. Running it. And 
running everything else that I have to do. Like, this is no shit. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do this in the summer. Right. You know what I mean? Because in the summertime, my my workload around the house triples. Oh, yeah. You know? So, in that regard, I'm definitely of a changed mindset. Mm-hmm. But what I keep going back to is I really enjoy the conversations. I like seeing people I haven't seen in a long time, you know, and... um the topics we get into and and it's nice that it's also just you right you're not relying on somebody else's creative input or somebody else's part of the project i've learned and it's nothing against anyone it what i'm about to say sounds worse than the way i mean it you work better <laughs> alone than you do with the people no people? it's not that i work better alone i personally actually think i work better with people um because I'm indecisive about things. Mm-hmm. So it's easier for me to have somebody there that's like, that's a bad idea. Or no, that's a really good idea. You should run with that. Where me, I'm like, it's all bad. It's all good. It's all everything. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Yeah, You know what I mean? So I work better as a team. But what I've learned, and not just with the podcast, but it's why I went alone at the podcast. I can't rely on anyone else and again it sounds worse than how i mean it i can't rely on anyone else to be able to put in the same amount of time that i want to put i completely relate to that you know what i mean yeah Yeah, there's a whole tangent i can go down with that it's it's nothing against anyone else it's just it's unfair to them and it's unfair to me to expect my quote-unquote partner whoever that would be to want to pursue this project or another project at such a pace that I had the same vision. Right. Exactly. Deadlines. So, so in that regard, it's easier to go at it alone, but I keep going back to, I enjoy the conversations, you know, some of them are, are better than others. Obviously there's been one or two that I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if I should air this episode, but, and that's another thing too, is it's a little bit of a time gamble Yeah, because if you have a bad episode and you, you're almost forced to air it because if you don't, it was a waste of your time. Mm Mm-hmm. You that know what true. I mean? And I have such little time to begin with. And and this also goes back to working alone for me. I have such little time to begin with yeah. that everything I do has to be scheduled or I can't do anything. Yeah, I get nothing I done if, if I don't schedule. Yeah. So for me to expect other people to work at my schedule isn't fair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not running a business. I'm not paying anyone. Right. Yeah. So, to be like, you need to be here. Like somebody we used to play in a band with. <laughs> you need to be here at this time. This is your job. This is what you're going to do. That's that's unrealistic mm-hmm. and unfair. But that's the pace that I work myself at. You know what I mean? It's like... Even a lot of entrepreneurs even talk about that. It's just like expecting your employees to share your same vision and drive is just unrealistic. It's unrealistic, yeah, exactly. And if you push them into that, it's only going to blow up in your face. Yeah, they're just going to push back on you. But, 
again, the the conversations I enjoy even if we're talking about nothing, it's just fun to get together with people 100%. and just talk. You know what I mean? And I'll I'll come back to what I was about to say, but um that keeps me doing it. But another thing that I kind of don't like about it, I'm not necessarily sure if I like the idea of being and who, more than likely it won't ever get to that point, but I don't know if I like the idea of being a public figure. <clears throat> you lose that anonymity. I mean, you've always had recluse tendencies. Yes, so. I am I am a reclusive person. That's why I live in the middle of nowhere and you yeah. know, yeah, it's I I'm a reclusive person. So I don't know if I like the idea of being being a public figure. What was your Why did you want to record the conversations? There you go. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. One a big one was curiosity to see if I could actually do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Testing your metal or like... It's just another project to see if you can tackle it. And then once you realize that you can, it becomes like this new fun thing where you're like, oh, I can actually do that. It's actually kind of fun. Yes and yes. Like okay. testing my metal in a way, but not maybe not intentionally. Yeah. You know what I mean? More or less, like I said, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to do it. You know, again, a li- some of it is was naivete in the beginning, thinking, you know, how hard can it be? Launch a podcast, make a bunch of money, quit your job, be a podcaster. So that, that's where I was going. Did you have like a codified end goal with oh, yeah. this like vision board kind oh, of? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's changed since. Yeah. It's changed just just in obviously this is episode 25 yeah so in 25 episodes just what i've learned about all of it has Mm -hmm. changed my perspective on it but i still think it's worth doing and i appreciate the people that listen i really do i appreciate the people that come on i appreciate you guys being on oh absolutely um do you think that it's a bad thought to want to monetize something or have that be a no me neither no i don't what i think like the impurity of wanting to do something you're good at and you enjoy potentially monetizing it to free yourself from a shitty job yeah that shouldn't be like when i was like 20 it'd be like i'll never sell out yeah i don't i'm not doing this for the money i'm doing this to be an artist i don't believe in the sellout mentality you know like i'm not gonna be and i i never have the way i've always looked at it is if I can actually do something I like versus something I don't like, of course that's what I want to do. Like, why wouldn't I want to make money off of that? You have to eat. I've yeah. always... <laughs> you know, you have to eat. For just speaking about myself, it, I've always felt like it was a fine line between do we... The, the goal is to make money doing something that we love and enjoy doing and it's creative but when you embark on this creative journey with the main goal of monetizing oh I it's definitely... always been in my like i said only in my experience once that f- switch gets flipped of we want to monetize this thing it always gets ruined well, I will say this about that. I definitely started with the idea of, yes, I want to get this rolling. I, I know it's probably going to take a little bit to monetize it, but I want to monetize it. That was a goal in the beginning. Yeah. But 
Honestly, I would say after like the seventh episode, because I've been continuously reading and researching things about podcasting and stuff. Mm -hmm. I would say right around the time that I recorded the seventh episode, I came across an article that said some, and I don't remember exactly all of it now, but it said something to the effect of like, really monetization is unrealistic until you get, I think it's 500 plays per episode or yeah. something regularly, not just one episode that gets 500 plays. And even that is like, you're getting a $13 check. Right. Like, so... I kind of realized that pretty early on that realistic monetization for me is probably out of the question. Unless you like by pure happenstance happen to like rub shoulders with Elon Musk at a Walmart one day and he's like, <laughs> All right, I'll come on, I'll join you know, like Honestly, let's talk in your basement. Like Right. Um, the best I think the best I could personally hope for is that somebody I don't even want to say mildly famous or credible, but like That's it. Not even that. Maybe like one of the local news station TV personalities hears about it. Oh, I'll go do your podcast. I think you'd be surprised how many researchers would w- want to talk just in general about like a, pu- a paper they publish. That's kind of where well, here's like, the I wanted to aim next. Though. Like, have you ever thought about reaching out to not? I have, but I not yet. Okay, because and and this is why it'll probably never happen too. I'm not comfortable with the idea of bringing people that I don't know into my home. You don't have to. Especially this is this is a non-visual podcast. Yeah, yeah, but you could go to them even. I could go to them. True, true. But again, it's scheduling mm-hmm. and it's absolutely. So I want to get a studio. You know, I want to find a place where I can set up a studio, but that takes money, mm-hmm. and I'm not. For one, I'm we're. We're not hurting financially, yeah. But I'm not gonna go out and rent a building and build a studio. No, on... it'd be one thing if this was making enough right. money to fund its yeah, own exactly. studio. Yeah, this would have to be monetized to get to that point. You know, but to get to that point, it's got to be monetized. You yep. could. Um, I have a decent amount of experience with this as far as broadcasting with a our Twitch channel. Um, you could. If you get a, a decent, like a, a, if you can run Discord, majority of these people are, are doing interviews through either Discord or obviously Zoom, um, and you don't have to put your face on anything. Like actually, videotape you sitting in like a space that you decorate. But doing online interviews, I think, is much more. Um, I need an equipment upgrade. Not even a huge one because you already have a good audio setup. But I think it's much it, it's it's a much more reasonable goal right. to achieve than I think you think it might be. Yeah, like actually buying a brick and mortar separate location and building a studio. But most people don't even start doing that until they like have millions of subscribers. Right. Where they're like, okay, yeah. now I can safely quit and make a production company. Mm-hmm. Right. You, can, you can do that here and. Um, uh, you're obviously when you're comfortable, like you're like, okay, I got 125 episodes in, maybe like my 150th. Right. I like well, reach out to that physicist and be like, oh, and that's yeah. another thing too is once I kind of realized the whole monetization crux, mm-hmm. I became a lot more willing to pull back the reins and slow down a little bit. Yeah, because 
aside from it being a lot of work again it's it, it was turning into a job that I wasn't getting paid for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't want to build a resentment of your own product. Right. You know, just hate your own project within the first year of you doing it. Yeah. There's definitely been some things about it that have left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? D- different. Uh, again, scheduling has left a bad taste in my mouth. That's been, that's probably my biggest complaint about and, the whole thing is scheduling. And, it's not even a scalability thing. Like, like it's because you're the peon. It's hard to schedule. I hear, you know, fucking Joe wrote Bobby Lee, all the Theo Vaughn, all the biggest podcasts in the world that we listen to bitch about scheduling right. and having well, to get people to come on. And, and that's why, and like, again, it's nothing personal with anyone, no. but you're literally like, okay, this, <laughs> this sounds terrible, but it's not, there's nothing nefarious about it, but I have a list of people mm-hmm. that are, it, it's like a guest list, yeah. right? So the way I've kind of got it set up is that like around the beginning of each month, I I basically run through the whole list and, hey, are you available this month? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to juggle, you know, six or seven different schedules with my own schedule yeah. on top of working 70 hours a week, being married, having a child, running a household. Dealing know, with s- Michigan winter. Right. Yeah. Scheduling <laughs> it is the the worst thing mm-hmm. about it. You know, absolutely. But again, the conversations and the it, it's been so much fun. And even the more serious conversations that I've had are still fun. You absolutely. Know I mean? And that's the overriding factor. That's why I keep doing it, because it's still fun. If it hits a point where it's literally not fun anymore, because I'll be honest, every week I go back and forth like, man... I don't have time for this fucking shit. I should just cancel it. It's there's only like 20 people listening anyway, so it's mm-hmm. not like I'm like backing out of a huge deal or something. Right. Well, fuck this shit. And then can I be honest? I feel like those are those are toxic thoughts even though they're they're rational. Uh and not to spin this into into my experiences, but I had the same falling out with a group of people. We had a, a project in mind and we ran it for a long time and it was like, okay, we're actually getting paid a decent amount of money to the point where we can like buy production equipment and do like a really big live in studio, studio basement, right. in person thing that costs like a decent amount of money. But the people that wanted to watch it actually helped fund like 80% of it. And then uh, like winter kind of kicked in and long story short people were just like you know it's not the thing that we're doing for the content it's creating the content that's I don't want to do it anymore right? or I don't want to put in the effort to either try something new um, do something that you don't necessarily want to do in the time at the time but motivations will always fail you but values will last throughout those moments where you're like I don't really want to um, or I there's only 20 people listening to me or whatever because that was another point of contention with some of my you know, some of the people I used to uh, do the streaming with and it was like well, we did work for two years to tell this whole story and didn't finish any of it. 
Nah, there's only 14 people that were really watching. It's like, yeah, but it's like you still want to at least close it off. Right. Or not let that be like, well, nobody really cares. Don't get me wrong. No, I don't look at the, well, there's only like 20 people that listen. I don't look at that like as a, well, boo-hoo me, nobody's listening. I don't look at it like that way. No, I I, I understand. I think I understand what you're saying is in the sense that like you're not like giving up a huge following. Right. So it's, it's yeah, you're not letting down 50,000 people. Right. You're walking away from a handful of people. A handful of people are going to be pissed at me, and then in five years they won't even remember my name. And most so. of them are your friends and would understand <laughs> Exactly. <anyways. laughs> but I I wonder if that's kind of the future of stardom and fame. I've heard a few other people kick the tires on this idea where everybody is their own micro-celebrity with their own micro kind of fandom. You know, like the age of you know, Tom Cruise and yeah. Brad Pitt and all these, you know, global A-list celebrities is kind of coming to an end. Just think what? about it. Even on Twitch, depending on how you set up your your uh, subscriptions, like whether it's uh, you know, every month, you know, whatever. If you like have a $6 one month subscription and one person does it and never renews it, but you get 10 people to do that. And you once you start to compile those subscriptions, there's a decent chance... This is just Twitch. That's what I have uh, knowledge with. But you can absolutely supplement your income while still having fun, while not necessarily drawing in thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Like when that happens, that's like a okay. I can safely work part time. Right. And knowing that that is a potential, uh, not necessarily the goal, but a potential um, reward for just doing something that you want to do and have fun with it. And then as you get more people that um, believe in you and and uh, um, uh, support you, then you're like, okay, maybe I'll get that extra piece right. that improves the quality or whatever it happens to be that next spooky step to improve what you're doing. Um, and it's nice that you're by yourself because if you, yeah, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to worry about like letting anybody down. Um, as far as like, well, somebody, right. wants to, somebody wants to do the show, but somebody's like, who gives a shit? Right, or whatever it is, um, because it's a difficult thing to want to create, knowing that there are just some vapid motherfuckers out there making so much money with just not a care in the world. There's like, I'm gonna do this on TikTok, yeah, or whatever it fucking is, and boom, now they have money to invest into property, buy a good home, have good health insurance. They don't have, you know, sixty thousand square foot homes necessarily, right? But they make a reasonable amount of money. They hit that cheat code exactly. I mean, like, I have a friend who is uh, streaming, and she averages maybe like thirty or forty. Uh, viewers every time she goes live but she has like 20,000 subscribers to the point where like Twitch like flew her out for a thing but she doesn't have like thousands and thousands of people watching her every single show it's just weird how like the perception of how much of a spotlight you need to supplement your income without ruining what you're doing or why you're doing it for money is pretty reasonable have you ever thought about now it'd be hard you know without having celebrity and merch or something to offer but like creating like a one and a five dollar tier donation thing on patreon i've thought about it but and i don't mean to say this to sound defeatist when it comes to monetization like i'm still interested in it and i still read about Mm -hmm. it you know i want to know that element of it Mm -hmm. but my attitude on it is actually flipped 
Yeah. Like I started out with the goal of, yeah, I want to monetize this. And I don't know if I, I, I can, I sincerely mean it when I say, I don't know if it's a case of, I don't think it's realistic or if it's a case of the time requirement is so overwhelming that mm-hmm. I just don't care enough. I don't care enough to want to monetize it. But my attitude with monetization now is if it hits a point where I can monetize, great. I'll, I will absolutely monetize. But if it doesn't hit a point where I can monetize, You're then I'm just okay. going to keep doing it until it's not fun anymore. I think that's like the Goldilocks zone. I think <laughs> doing something for the passion and enjoyment of doing it should be the main focus. Right. And hopefully monetization is a byproduct right. versus approaching it from the get go as monetization right. being, you know, the main focus. And don't get me wrong, too. No, when I say it's fun, like that. Yeah, the enjoyment of the, of the act of the conversation is what I'm in it for now. Absolutely, I've I've known you for what fifteen fucking years. Oh yeah, in the past like five conversations we've had, I feel like I know you better now than I did. One hundred percent, absolutely. I People, mean, I've been in the guys I've been in the band with that have been on the show, Eric and Matt. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've known those guys for seven, eight years. Every yeah. time we sit down and have a conversation, I'm like, dude, I feel like I know you better than I did last time. I mean, just think about how many times we sat, you know, in that sunroom or in the backyard right. in silence. Or if just, it wasn't in silence, we were just sitting there trying to write a song or something. We yeah. weren't talking about life. And no, I know, mean, and, we, yeah, I, I need I, I don't. I feel like a lot of us don't take the time to actually talk about, you know. And and that was another truthful reason for starting the podcast. I'm a very... The fact that people don't talk, they just talk at each other, uh-huh. bothers the hell out of me. And I don't want to use the word sensitive because it's not the right word, but I feel like I'm in tune with people not talking to each like the reason why society sucks nowadays is because nobody fucking talks yep and yeah i'm sitting here talking to my friends but you guys sitting here having a conversation with me is a completely different conversation than the conversation i had last time with my buddies eric and matt Mm -hmm. now yes i'm the go-between but maybe one episode i get jeremy and eric on the show yeah you know eric's a little bit more conservative jeremy's a little bit more liberal let's talk yeah be surprised one mm-hmm. of one of my ideas we were with the matt that episode yeah, exactly. last time like, matt matt is a little bit more liberal i'm i'm not a conservative mm-hmm. i'm a, i consider myself a libertarian mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't even consider myself liberal right well okay fair enough yeah but that's the thing. Like, we got, it's been a long enough time since you guys have seen each other oh, yeah, that last you've time, like, radically yeah. Yeah. changed. Okay, Actually, well, okay. Last, yeah. but most getting, of the last time, I was like wearing like scarf belts and not wearing deodorant, <laughs> and then telling you to hold this quartz crystal to make your chakras line up. Fucking but, dweebs. <laughs> Do some yoga and get on my level, guys. But 
we <laughs> we got to start talking to each other. Yeah. And even if it's on a small level, just us talking yeah. to each other, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to fight on Facebook about shit that we don't fucking, you know, missing context and shit mm-hmm. we don't understand because we're on the same page. Even when we were having our like back right. and forth thing, right. it's like I, I just felt like it's just been too long since we've seen each other face right. to face. Like there's just that was the issue there. Right. Like there's no if we were talking and hanging out as often as we were now, there's no way any of that would you have know, actually happened. There's so much context that gets missed. Yeah. Talking over Facebook that <clears throat> again, I go back to we got to start talking to each other. Everybody's got to start talking and maybe it's a little self-serving but if it benefits me in the end to talk to a bunch of different people i don't want to be the ignoramus that posts something stupid like it's all joe biden's fault that the gas prices are five dollars a gallon well it's a little bit his fault yeah but it's not all his fault and you know why you don't know that because you live in a fucking echo chamber. Yeah. You don't talk to anybody outside your fucking echo you're chamber. You're intellectually lazy. Right. Or yeah. stunted or whatever you want to say. No, nothing is that, that binary. Ever. Right. I don't want to be that. Way. I don't want to be an ideologue. I want to have a wide perspective of the world so that when I talk about something, I actually know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Or at least enough to not show your ass. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, but that was none a of us real... are experts here. But at least we can have an adult conversation right. at length. And that was a real legitimate reason. I just hit a point where I was like, "Dude, we have to talk to each other. Every yeah. we just gotta. I have to start talking to people because no one wants to listen to anyone. Mm-hmm. So I got to figure out. And where... you had that extra layer of distance. Right. You know, being way out in the middle of fucking way nowhere. Way the hell out, you know? <laughs> Even when you were much closer, you're still, you know, kind of mm-hmm. way the hell away f- from us anyways. Yeah, that's that's my reclusive nature coming mm-hmm. out. No, I don't blame you. I mean, it's just the only way you can get a decent plot of land without, mm-hmm. you know, paying out your fucking Just nose. being house poor for the rest of your right. life. That um, is a that is a good uh um jumping off point as far as like a motivation to want to connect and converse in person um i feel like i've just been hyper aware on how conversations can go and even people that are involved in them can realize that they're not actually expressing a thought they're either parodying something that they heard that they can't debunk themselves or haven't heard anybody else debunk it for them so they repeat it or i i have this in like you know the relationship that i'm in is that sometimes I will repeat verbatim what this person said to me, and then they're like, that's not what I meant. I'm like, okay, then what did you mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And then if they either, uh, if I can't strongman it, to be like, is this what you mean? Because that's what I'm going to respond to. And they're like, no, 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 I'm having a hard time describing it. Okay. Well, either learn certain words to help make it succinct. And I like to talk ad nauseum, so this is coming from me. Like, <laughs> either learning words to, sharp, or to sharpen your point. Or realize that if somebody is is rebutting what you said or asking something, whatever it is, just responding to what you said, and the entire time they're responding to something that you didn't mean, that's a conversation that isn't hitting anything. Right. Yeah. So a lot of times people will have these point counterpoints when whatever it is, politics, religions, ice cream flavors, Marvel characters, why the new Star Wars suck, whatever it is. There's always somebody that just says an opinion and the person's like, yeah, but my opinion, even if it's irrelevant to it. So having a conversation, 
though it's it seems easy to be a part of it's like bowling the bowling's pretty easy to have fun and do it right but to really do it well there's a lot that's that's involved and there's a lot of there's a lot of being uh, uh, aware of what the person is saying and then if you don't know what they're saying ask them to define this specific term because even like the word hypothesis or theory or proof these all have meanings right and if somebody doesn't define it the right way then you're attacking not attacking you're responding to something that they didn't even say so well, wanting to start this to have conversations in person and not just like text opinions online and then you just you attack the straw man version you think it is and they're like oh i didn't mean that no, right. hey everybody this concludes part one of episode 25 join us next time for the conclusion episode part two of episode 25 Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Brought to you by Northern Enlightenment Studios, a division of Northern Enlightenment Entertainment Media. We hope you have enjoyed this program. Goodbye. In the transmission.